Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. Now on Blue episode of whiskey and mash i am chris pullman and i am gloria ackerman and this is our second shot at this because <laughs> it didn't record the first time and uh gloria and laura were kind enough to run out to best buy and get a new microphone and that seems to have been the culprit so uh yeah this this uh podcast brought to you on the new ice blue microphone uh this week we are reviewing season four episode five hey doc and season four episode six the bus hey doc let's start right off with hey doc which has a lot of stories in it but the basic plot as we always do first is they were starting off playing poker with radar bj hawkeye clinger sergeant and father mulcahy and sergeant kimball kimball Kimball. yeah and we found out that sergeant kimball um, needed to take a boat across water, we'll talk about later, instead of a flight home. He's going yeah. home in two weeks. And needs three doctors to sign a form saying that he has an inner ear problem. Mm-hmm. And um, Hawkeye and BJ, no problem. But they ha- the episode is kind of about him, them trying to get the officer or the signature of Frank Burns. Yeah. So that's one of the, the main thing going on. Um, and that's what it's all about. And then there's a lot of little stories on how they got there. Yeah. You know, that would have to be the overarching plot, I'd say. But there is, this is one of those where there's not just like two or three plot lines. There's a bunch. There's a bunch. But they all have a little bit to do, I think, with that. Uh, to some Except extent. Except the British guy. I can't figure out his would have been. Yeah. You know, that, well, as we learn in the episode, there's apparently a sniper in camp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the sniper. Yeah. having drinks. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a sniper that's shooting up camp, and um, I think that's where we start off, is with them starting to get peppered, or it's after the- Well, Father Mulcahy and um, Klinger. Klinger. Wait, Klinger and and Radar are taking a shower. Yeah. Father Mulcahy comes in, and- um, Father Mulcahy ends up jumping in the shower with radar because they started the sniper started to shoot. I'll be done in a minute, Father. <laughs> um, but yeah, then in order to try and get some relief, the colonel calls up whatever HQ and tries to get some uh, infantry to come in and patrol, and they get a British contingent. Which British I guess unit. you said is quite right, common. Yeah. Uh, Shivers introduces himself as coming from the 29th grade. This is according to uh, MASH Wiki. Uh, the 29th Independent Infantry Brigade comprised battalions from Britain and some other elements, such as a Belgian battalion. It came under the command of I-Corps, which is the parent unit of the 4077th MASH, as we hear time and again. So it is plausible that Lieutenant Shivers would be sent to help the 4077th. And then we find out also that um, one of the British sol- soldiers has a foot problem. Lieutenant Shivers. It was Lieutenant, okay. Yeah. He, uh, but he doesn't want it on his record at all because you don't want anything medical on your record. Mm -hmm. So um, apparently BJ and Hawkeye have a little side business. I'm doing something with my hand, I don't know why. And um, they fix Mm -hmm. 
You guys can see that, right? <laughs> they can fix little <laughs> problems like this without it going on your record with little yeah. little to no cost. Mm. Well, you, you two wouldn't happen to be doctors, would you? <laughs> we would happen to be so. So. Yeah. I so they brought them in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they, uh, they take them into, you know, uh, not, not like OR or post-op, but kind of like a inter-operating room, I guess. <laughs> There's an exam table. It's the same sort of place where Colonel Flagg always gets patched up. Yeah, um, like a bathroom. Yeah, and they put him up, and he has an ingrown toenail, which is apparently a really big deal for British officers. Uh, Shivers even says, you know, they could dock, pay, refuse a promotion, the lot. And so, you know, the doctors are going to do this off the record. Colonel Potter walks in and goes, oh, oh, enjoyed this. <laughs> oh ingrown toenail, huh? What's it going great? <laughs> Two bottles of scotch. Oof. Yeah, I've been in three wars. British toes are about as common as anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's something that doctors do regularly. But while they were in there, they noticed that there was a missing microphone, which... Uh, 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 my gosh. That's what's in See? front of us. Yeah, microphone in front of us. Microscope <laughs> was missing. And it was funny because Laura, Chris's wife, brought up the fact that um, you could see where it was missing because of the dust. And if they're in a, you know, clean hospital, there shouldn't have been that much dust. No, I mean, we, we see it fall from shelling, you know, like artillery shelling, but... A sniper? sniper wouldn't have done that, and they should be keeping it cleaner than that. I mean, the only other thing I could think is that that table might have, um, like, it might have faded from the sun, but we didn't see any windows. Yeah, that's, so I, I, I think I it was know. dust. It, it was probably dust, which is kind of an oversight. But it's important to know that the microscope went missing because later on in the story, they have to barter a little bit for one. In fact... Yeah, they, uh, BJ, after he works on the British uh, lieutenant's toe, goes to talk to First Sergeant Campbell, Kimball, Kimball, about the microscope. And because he got the first one. Yeah. <laughs> which it took him a long time to steal that one. <laughs> so he's like, you get me the signature, I get you the microscope. Yes, okay. Well, then we see Hawkeye in post-op. He is uh, talking with this colonel from a tank battalion. Griswold. Which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, who comes to see one of his boys who got all shot up. And you can tell that he cares deeply for his men. Because he, <laughs> he didn't know which one it was. <laughs> you know, I, I would say, to be fair, the boy was in a cast from his ankle to his head. But the... Guy, not the was, one that he not was the addressing. one he was talking to. It's like you you don't know. How do you not know? Your own men, but whatever. Ah, <laughs> uh, Margaret was drooling over him. So we see another moment where Frank is pulling her away, which is always interesting. But uh, then, oh. as the colonel's about to leave, he goes, uh, "Hey, Doc. As long as I'm here." And uh, turns out that he needed a shot of penicillin for uh well how did they put it he got bit by love the love bug. bug yes he got bit by the love bug so had they never actually say what he had but it's a implied. case of the carnal flu vd yeah some <laughs> sort of vd we don't know for sure what but apparently a kind that can be cured by a shot of penicillin 
And you can't drink after penicillin. I no. didn't know that, did you? I did not. Because you have to take, he couldn't drink for two weeks after his shots. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hawkeye I handed him a Yeah, Hawkeye handed him a list of do's and don'ts. He's like, you've already done the biggest don't. <laughs> Which is how you got here. Yeah. Hawkeye also said, yeah, I, we appreciate you coming here where we can be discreet and clean. A lot of people would have gone to a local medicine man who have about as much training in that as farming or whatever. And he would put something else in the... And say it's penicillin. Wild root cream. Yeah. So... Hair grow? Mm. Yep. Wouldn't have helped your infection, but would have given you the best groomed butt in the (laughs) army. Okay, then we go back on to Margaret and um, Frank playing cards. And they were playing gin. And Margaret won three games. So <laughs> Frank owed her three pairs of nylons. And this is, hmm. like we said in the last episode, one of my favorite. I just laughed so hard because then Frank made a very clear point that he couldn't wait to give her the nylons because he wanted to play shoe salesman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then BJ and Hawkeye came in trying to get his signature. Mm-hmm. And BJ was not very happy with Hawkeye because he said he needs more tact when dealing with Frank. Yeah. Hawkeye kind of uh, flew off the handle. Hawkeye but, does not have any respect for Frank. No, you can he see really it. doesn't. The, the part about that that I loved was they knock at Margaret's door, which they don't always do, so that was very nice of them. Hey, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they knock, and then they say, Frank, are you in there? And Frank said something to the effect of, they're going to catch us at something, and Margaret looks around, we're not up to anything. Oh, yeah. Who would have thought? Come in. <laughs> His face, too, was like, oh, no, we got caught. Yeah, because they always get caught. Not this time. But, um, so they don't get the signature from Frank that time since Hawkeye flew off the handle. However, uh, the lieutenant comes along, hands off the two bottles of eight-year-old scotch. Oh, here's, yeah. It's, it's for me, the saddest part of this episode, really. This shows our Chris's face. I yeah. thought I was going to cry. <laughs> um, they're walking, Hawkeye has the two bottles of scotch. They're walking away, and all of a sudden the sniper starts up again, because apparently, you know, the British patrol is gone. So Hawkeye drops the bottles. Him and BJ dive under a truck. The tire of the truck gets blown out. And then you see the sniper start to aim for the bottles of scotch. Apparently he's not a big fan of alcohol. Because <laughs> you see him, and he's actually, like, hitting trying to work up to the bottles because he wasn't a very good shot apparently no and so he breaks them both they go into the colonel's office where radar is scared he uh kind of fumbles pouring the colonel a drink and the colonel ends up saying after a shot comes in through his window you know what we need cavalry today's cavalry a tank now colonel let's not go shooting off more than we need (laughs) But he said, it'll scare him. Yeah. The tank is just to scare him, not to actually use. Mm-hmm. So Hawkeye calls up the colonel, who is a tank commander. The Colonel Griswold. Colonel Griswold from 1st Cav. The BD guy. Yeah. And <laughs> says, we need a tank. Well, Colonel, the thing is, my personal files are in danger, and I might have to move them into the official record. Thank you, Colonel. So he got his tank, so... They had a tank sitting in the compound. It did its work. The sniper was no longer a problem. But then, Frank, seeing Margaret drooling over the colonel, got it in his head, oh, I'm going to show off. And then he, as he tells Margaret, I trained at Fort Benning for a week with tanks. 
So he climbs in and starts it up and proceeds to cause chaos. He remembered how to drive the tank, but did not remember how to stop the tank. What all <laughs> or did... apparently to see. <laughs> yeah, he drove through the nurse's shower. Mm-hmm. So Margaret Cook ran ahead, got all the nurses out because they mm-hmm. were all in the shower. Yeah. Because um, it wouldn't her... be funny if it was empty. Right. <laughs> so the nurses came running out in their towels, and then they ran over... Um, the swamp. The swamp. Yeah. Um, Took out the swamp. We got to see uh, BJ do dive a, out. do a somersault out the side of the tent. Because they were in playing cards, of course. Mm-hmm. And then we see Frank run over Colonel Potter's Jeep. Oh, poor <laughs> Colonel Potter. He got out his sidearm and had shot to put the jeep down put the jeep down jeep down and he did yeah. he shot it in the head yeah <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah the after that frank starts climbing out of the tank to the cheers of a crowd and then once he gets like his upper body out because he had to kind of get one arm out of the top hatch there's and then not the much o- room other in a jeep tank tank oh. if i said jeep i apologize but yeah he climbs out and then they start pelting him with stuff so then the colonel comes over once they get Frank out of the Jeep. Margaret's feeding him some uh, water or coffee or something. And, and surprise! Yeah, well, and you know, the colonel's like, you want to explain this, Burns? And Hawkeye and BJ come to his rescue and say, Colonel, the tank started up all on its own. Frank jumped in to save the camp. Somebody had to. <laughs> Frank jumped right on board. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to... I like this story. Yeah. But why did you help me? And then they hold out... Uh, Sergeant Kimball's paperwork and say, sign Frank. Margaret goes, they're blackmailing you. Blackmail is such a nasty word. We prefer extortion. <laughs> he signed it. He signed it. <laughs> and that's pretty much where it ends. And it yeah. was it, just funny. That yeah. Many, many stories, a lot of stuff going on. It was consistently busy episode, but also very funny. It wasn't an emotionally draining episode. It was Mm-mm. very light and jovial. And you got to see every character, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Even uh, uh, Captain Mulcahy, or Father Mulcahy. Lieutenant Mulcahy oh. at this point. Yeah, Father Mulcahy, but he's also a lieutenant. And we got to see um, Kelly run out in her towel. Yeah, only from behind, though. She's not credited. But, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't really see her face. But we're pretty sure it's Kelly. Yeah. Just based on, like, the, the build. Right. That we see. The hair. Mm-hmm. But um, some things about this episode. Uh, We hear that Colonel Griswold is with the 1st Cavalry Division, which includes the 1st Cavalry Regiment Potter claims to have been part of. Yet he and Potter don't talk shop, which is kind of weird. But, you know, it's possible that um, Potter was never, never was in the 1st Cavalry Regiment. The 1st Cav never went to France in World War I. Only the 2nd Cav did. Or did Potter leave the cavalry by 1921 when first cav was raised. We're not sure. Uh, As far as the tank goes, I've played a lot of World War II video games. So when I saw this tank, I'm like, something might not be right here. Because it was Sherman tank. Which is fine. Um, That's what we had in World War II. And as we hear throughout this, there's a lot of World War II surplus that ends up in the Korean War. However, uh, during the Korean War, 
this, the first cavalry division, which was organized as a regular infantry division, by the way, not an armored division, eventually did have the 71st and 70th heavy tank battalion, and two of the 70th were equipped with the M4A3 EH Sherman tank with a long 76 millimeter gun. The Sherman we see in this episode had the shorter, like, snub-nosed 75mm, which was the standard loadout on a Sherman on the M4A2 variant, but just when I saw that, it's like, I, I don't know if that's accurate, because the longer barrel was more effective, at least if I'm thinking right, against, like, other tanks. I'm just wondering what is all in a tank, because the area where the people, the tank's mm-hmm. huge, it's mm-hmm. huge. But when the people climb down into it, it's mm. just a little tiny hole. Mm. So what is all the rest of it? Armor, engine. Bullets. I mean, yeah, you got to have the shells inside. You can't go outside for that. So those are stored somewhere. Yeah. And then, of course, the, I mean, you figure the, the barrel that you see, just like on a gun, the barrel is only part of the oh, yeah. firing so mechanism. You're, you're, you're so you're going to have... So several more there. feet where you got to shove the shell in which by the way i think is scary as heck i mean in world war ii they would have been loading that by hand oh, they really? throw it in and then they close the action oh. well i've got to think if you didn't pull your hand out quick enough <laughs> i don't think that happened much but you know now there yeah. are now there are auto loaders in tanks well. where they just dump the shell in all on their own which has got to be a lot more efficient, efficient than someone throwing scary. it in yeah um, other than that, I think I mentioned about the British Brigade. The thing about, by the way, the thing about Lieutenant Shivers, uh, even though it's plausible for him to have been there, his uniform, according to the MASH wiki, yeah. is a mystery. He's not wearing the uniform of any regiment that came under the 29th Brigade under I Corps in Korea. So that's kind of interesting. I, like you said the first time, I think they just had a uniform mm-hmm. somewhere on the lot and said, mm-hmm. Let, this looks like a British uniform. Yeah, let's do this. All right. <laughs> Anything well, else about this no. episode? Hey, Doc, you have to or, well, yeah, it's watch a, it. And... Yeah, good episode. Um, the production code was G510. It air, originally aired on October 10th, 1975, and guest stars... Uh, including William Christopher as Father Mulcahy. Also included Frank Marth as Colonel Griswold, Bruce Kirby as Sergeant Kimball, and Ted Hamilton as Lieutenant Shivers. So there was that. Ah, The Bus. Season 4, Episode 6, The Bus. The basic plot of this is the senior doctors. So Colonel Potter, Major Burns, and uh, BJ and Hawkeye are on their way back from the 38th Parallel Medical Society Conference in a bus with radar driving. Uh, They and a Korean soldier, North Korean soldier that we end up meeting partway through the episode are the only people we see in this episode. It's actually a very small cast. But the episode is entirely centered around them getting stuck and lost somewhere in the hills of california i mean korea (laughs) no food no water (laughs) california no water korea 
It was only meant to be a three-hour cruise, but you know that. Three oh wait. Three-hour <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wrong show. Wrong show again. <laughs> but no, the bus does break down because. This is the second time we're doing this. Just a reminder. <laughs> we're not punchy. We're just silly. Um, they stop the bus to try and get a sense of where they are. The bus breaks down. And then uh, Radar goes out at night to try and figure out where they are. While he's gone, a Korean, North Korean, comes up and surrenders to the bus. They take him prisoner. Radar comes back. Eventually, the North Korean, under BJ's uh, guard duty, fixes the bus, and then they go back to MASH. And that's... That's the premise. That's the premise. That's the whole episode, really. It's... A pretty light episode it's not very dense it's uh pretty sparse in terms of action but but you get a lot of character development and yeah. you get to see a lot more of who each each character is mm -hmm. we pretty much know but this shows it like it's not just from being on camp this is who they are mm -hmm. yeah and you know frank burns especially I think we see him in character a lot where like uh at one point he finds this walkie-talkie in the bus and and they're assuming the other walkie-talkie is at back at camp and broken so you know the the other half that's already tuned to this is a out of range and b not working so in order for somebody else to hear him they would have to retune their set to pick him up and that's a shot in the dark and you know he's acting all important with this thing he re it really gave him power mm -hmm. like when he held that he had his gun and he had this walkie-talkie he was like the big man like i think all men like to have things on their belts you ever <laughs> notice that men like to have like all these phones and I find it a distraction, but I get oh, what okay. you're saying. But yeah, you know, I mean, he has his GI uh, belt on with clips and And he kept his talking pistol. into his walkie-talkie, like, so professional. Yeah, um, like he was actually reporting back. 10-4, Critical information. Here we are. Oh, there's yeah. a, a helicopter, no, plane. It was a jet passing jet. overhead, yeah. <laughs> when I say now, the jet will be directly overhead. Now, <laughs> so, like, Frank, by the time you said now, the plane was back in its hangar and the pilot was in his bunk. <laughs> uh, but he felt important, gave mm -hmm. him a sense of... But it was funny because they were each going to go one way to see if there was anything. So they said, go out 100 yards and mm -hmm. then come back. Where you see major burns as soon as they were out of sight put radar in the front <laughs> yeah because he, he was you're a better target yeah the colonel said take one of the enlisted men with you burns if you're too scared <laughs> there was only radar and yeah they're out in the woods it just and occurred to me what did they do at camp if they had casualties all the doctors were gone well all the senior doctors were gone we've seen other medical yeah. oh, staff yeah, we before have. It's okay. just that we don't see them a lot. Oh, right. Okay. You know? that, yeah. Like, um, what's the guy? Lieutenant um, scary face. Or, um, Ugly John. <laughs> um, the guy who plays the guitar. George. Okay. We keep hearing George every once in a while. So in theory, so in theory there are other are, doctors. These are just the main, the 
but yes, I agree. It was kind of odd that the entire senior, I would say medical staff, but that normally includes Margaret. Because usually you hear them saying one one needs to be left behind. Mm -hmm. Like when they all bugged out and stuff, or mm -hmm. there were times when they had to leave one behind. Yeah, but no, no, we'll just send all four senior doctors, doctors out on this. What do we need them for? Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. One point I, I like to bring up is... BJ being who BJ is, mm -hmm. the father character likes to keep everything calm. They were all on the bus, depressed, just waiting around, and he said, "Nope, let's let's talk about something. Let's ha let's make this a party." So he's like, "Let's all talk about mm -hmm. the time that we first um, encountered love, our first love encounter." So, um, Colonel Potter talks about Colette. This. Um, French nurse mm -hmm. who he had his eyes were damaged somehow so he had bandages on his eyes and couldn't see and Colette took care of him and he just had this picture of who she was and mm -hmm. it was his first love and then they took his bandages off and he could see and he pretended he was still <laughs> blind because <laughs> yeah yeah Quillette wasn't what he had pictured in his mind then it was radar's turn and that's when radar got off the bus and said you know what i have to go to the bathroom so he uh, left um, and then frank had um his encounter he talked about in junior high which was helen rockford and um they, a nice Jewish girl from junior high, and they asked if that was his first. We know it was his first love, but was it his first that he has has been with? Yeah. And he said, no, I'm saving that for my wife. My wife is the only one, and that's how we both felt. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Frank is... Except oh, after you're married, yeah. apparently, then but, it's then it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of the time Hawkeye went off on Frank, and it's like... Don't forget the commandments, especially thou that shalt shall. not admit adultery. <laughs> but, so. yeah. So yeah, and they're, then, they're sharing that, and then that's when the Korean... That, well, I think that's when Hawkeye just kind of lost it, uh, and it was his turn, but he's like, no, I need to well, go find where's, radar. Yeah, where's radar? So they started looking for radar. When they looked outside, they saw some commotion in the bushes. Mm -hmm. They're like, uh, that's not radar. Yeah, and you see this... Yeah, you see a guy kind of sneaking around and then he comes out into the light a little bit and he's at first they're thinking oh my gosh yeah, he's dancing yeah but he's dancing around with his hands up now i i will point out it looked like he was holding a rifle when he was surrendering i think that was the right rifle though that frank took but you know then the first of all the weapon that frank had right. was a german burp gun um a uh, 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 grease gun I think so MP40. Well, it was a real gun. It just had, like, some of the German guns had different nicknames. Okay. In World War II, burp because it sounded like it was burping. <laughs> what? I don't remember if it was the same one or not. That was called a grease gun because it looked like a grease gun, like that you would use to, you know, grease up parts. Right. But um, that is what Frank was holding supposedly from the soldier. And it did have a foldable stock. You could see that. First of all, that would have been right for the North Korean to have. Second of all, I thought it looked like the North Korean had a rifle with a non-foldable stock. So you but thought I the guns were different? Yes. I thought the guns were different. 
But yeah, Frank definitely had a gun that he shouldn't have had. It was a German uh, submachine gun instead of a rifle, which the North Korean probably would have had, being just a normal soldier. So there was Frank and his sidearm and his rifle and his walkie-talkie th thinking that he is all powerful. Mm -hmm. All that in a bag of chips. Right. Watching this uh, North Korean prisoner who's laying down and Frank is, you know, he's on the walkie-talkie and he's going, any allied personnel Here. need some direction on uh, enemy prisoner or will be forced to shoot same. <laughs> Read that, bucko! And he looks back and the guy is asleep. He doesn't care. But no. that also gave Frank time to sneak his candy bars that he had hidden away when no one else was eating. And then Radar comes back. Frank had fallen asleep mm -hmm. with candy bar in hand. Mm -hmm. Radar comes in, uh, shakes awake who he thinks is the colonel. It ends up being the prisoner. <laughs> that was funny. Because just imagine when Radar left, there wasn't a prisoner. Mm -hmm. So he thinks he's shaking the colonel and here is a Korean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that wakes up Frank. I'm sorry to wake you, sir. I wasn't sleeping. I'm on guard duty. I was seeing what the little red devil would do when nobody was watching him. And Radar is helping him collect the candy bars that he upended when he started awake. Here are your candy bars, sir. Not a word of this, O'Reilly. Not a word of this. It's against the Geneva Convention <laughs> what I would do. Um... But then later on, again, uh, they switch guard duty. BJ goes on guard duty. Frank tries to hand him the gun. He just, no. No. No, Frank. We don't need a gun. Um, I mean, the guy surrounded himself. He's not going to run away. Oh, well, not only that, he was wounded. Right. They were treating, and they fixed him. Yeah, they fixed his leg up. So, I mean, it, no. What, what do you think he's going to do? Wrestle you? <laughs> All you have to do is grab onto his shin and you got him. And you got him. But... BJ takes him out to the engine. Apparently, he got some inkling that this guy knew mechanics. The dude uh, got the engine going, started the bus. They all piled back in. And then, apparently, they also figured out how to get back to MASH at that point. Oh, yeah, because then they weren't lost anymore. They just started driving. Yeah, unless they actually did what Colonel Potter said at the beginning. And went back. Turned around, went back, and got directions. But... In any case, they're driving, and Hawkeye makes the comment, you know what we should really do is put some rations on the bus in case this ever happens again. And Radar says, yeah, you know, like some chocolate bars in a ditty bag or something. Because otherwise, if you didn't have that, you might fall asleep on guard duty. <laughs> hey, you know what, fellas? I may have put some in my bag. <laughs> Frank pulls out a candy bar for everybody. A whole, like, bag of them. And yeah. yeah. He, he has he, a full candy bar. Like, they would have lasted days. Mm -hmm. So, why he was hoarding them, I do not know. Who knows? It, yeah. He's not a nice man. Yeah. The episode ends, if you're watching on, like, Netflix or on the disc, there's the uh, scene, the, the post-commercial scene, where they find the other handset, the other walkie-talkie, in the back of the bus. And so uh, BJ and Hawkeye are tending to the North Korean, and they get it in their heads, oh, we're going to have fun. So they, they shove the walkie-talkie toward the North Korean, and they're 
pleading with him silently, you know, please. Say something, and say something. And they're pointing at Frank and pleading. And, and you can see in those eyes that he got it. Like, yeah. okay, we're going to mess with this guy. <laughs> and so he starts speaking, and it is Korean. I don't know what he was saying, but I heard enough. I, I know some phrases that are Korean. <laughs> I don't know what they mean. But, like... What was it he said that you knew? Comes on me, Dad. Okay. I'm not sure what that means. Frank didn't know either, so it really didn't matter. But Frank is sitting there with his... Colonel, Colonel! We have Koreans talking on the walkie-talkie! <laughs> I can hear what they're saying. I know their secrets. Burns, you don't speak the language. <laughs> now listen to me, you Koreans. You Reds. Give up. You'll never beat us. America's never lost a war. We're not about to. They did, by the way. Twice. Uh, but, yeah, they were having fun with them, and that was a nice That's what ending. That was a great ending. Yeah. It's always fun when you mess with Frank. Yeah. Um, so. That's all I have. There really wasn't a lot of chance during this episode for any other irregularities other than the German submachine gun. Uh cute part when BJ was hanging his nose over the edge of the window in the bus with his hands uh, Hawkeye said wait there a minute and then he wrote Kilroy in the dust yeah, on the really window I didn't get that what did it mean uh, Kilroy was here was something that was all over uh, the American theater during World War II I looked it up earlier I didn't pull it back up for this recording but it was something like there was a supervisor at a shipyard uh, who was named Kilroy. And what he would do to check the rivets is he would go through with chalk and uh, he would mark that he had been in a section to check the rivets. And then he would write Kilroy was here. And then I guess whatever sections he had done for some reason they didn't like paint over what he wrote so then that was on the inside of the ship and so then so like Kilroy all these sailors here. saw Kilroy was here on all these ships and so it just spread and became a thing even into Vietnam there was a Kilroy was here oh, sort of I'm era. glad you looked that up because yeah. I, was, I, I thought it had to have some sort of meaning mm -hmm. yeah and like what you would typically see would just be eyes and a big nose hanging over like a ledge or a uh -huh. shelf and then hands and then Kilroy, Kilroy was, was here. here, and so, okay. yeah, BJ was playing the part of Kilroy, which was... Because he was... Yeah, so that would have been in continuity with actual historical events. That was neat, but, yeah, the only thing that really wouldn't have been in continuity would have been the German submachine gun. Mm -hmm. Great episode, though. Yeah. I wish you'd go watch both episodes watch mm -hmm. them along with us and then give us your point of view yeah uh again you know you can catch all of these episodes they're all up on netflix otherwise certainly you could go to amazon uh the seasons have been out for a while you could buy the whole series if you wanted there's a mash martini and medicine box set that's out there i didn't get that because i already had all the individual seasons as they came out that's just who i am and that's how we're and watching your wife. And, <laughs> yeah. but um you know it, watch them with us let us know like gloria said what you think email us directly whiskey and mash at narclaninc.com uh hook up with us on facebook facebook.com slash whiskey and mash or head over to the website if 
this is your first episode you can download the mp3 versions of all the back episodes they're all over on our website narclaninc.com then just go to the podcast section navigate to whiskey and mash all the episodes are there for download or you can stream them right from the website otherwise go to itunes or your favorite podcast application search for whiskey and mash you can find us there you can subscribe and have all the new episodes like this one download automatically to your podcast playing device right yeah really we want your feedback more Mm -hmm. than anything we want to know what you like what you don't like Mm -hmm. Um, like i uh put up last week uh you know we post these out on facebook uh to our group uh page not group to the page and (laughs) You know, if you see that out there, let us know that you're listening. You know, like it, comment, this was a great episode, I thought you guys were idiots, whatever. You know, we, we would just like to know how large our listening audience is. That would be great. And if Especially you, if you are any part of MASH, any part of the crew or set or makeup or yeah, we would, cast. We um, would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to have you on the show. Drop us a so. line. Uh, in the meantime, if you enjoy this podcast, if you'd like to help support it right now, the best thing you can do for us is share this podcast with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, anybody who you think would enjoy Whiskey and Mash. Until next time, though, I'm Chris. And I'm Gloria. Have a good week. Have a great week.